It's Thursday, January 30th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Big announcement today from the World Health Organization on the coronavirus outbreak. We must all act together now to limit further spread. We'll tell you what it means and why the economic impact of this disease could also be widespread. Then East Africa is dealing with its own crisis, and this one has wings. And finally, we'll just leave it at that. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. This is the time for facts, not fear. This afternoon, we got a big update about the coronavirus. Since the virus was first discovered last month, over 8,000 cases around the world have been reported, and at least 170 people have died. Most of those infected are in China, though cases have now been reported in 18 other countries. So far, the World Health Organization has hesitated about declaring this outbreak a public health emergency of international concern, or a fake, P-H-E-I-C. But today, they finally sounded the alarm. We don't know what sort of damage this virus could do if it were to spread in a country with a weaker health system. We must act now to help countries prepare for that possibility. What does this announcement mean exactly? Calling a disease a fake is kind of like the bat signal to the international community saying, it's time to start fighting this outbreak together. That's important because until now, everyone's kind of been doing their own thing. Australia is quarantining some people on Christmas Island in the middle of the Pacific. On the other side of the world, Italy is refusing to let more than 6,000 people off a cruise ship because there's concern that one person on board might be infected. And in the UK, British Airways canceled all its flights to and from China. As for the US, so far the government has only reported six cases of coronavirus and no one has died. That said, today the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said it's tracked the first person-to-person transmission in the U.S. This week, the U.S. has expanded health screenings to 20 airports, and it just flew more than 200 U.S. citizens out of Wuhan, China, and back to the U.S. to an Air Force base in California. Those evacuees have been screened multiple times, but the government says it's asking them to stay put for a few days while doctors monitor their health. This isn't an explicit quarantine, but everyone's movements are being closely monitored. So yeah, lots of different responses so far, but according to international law, once an outbreak is declared a fake, all countries have a duty to start coordinating. But since that just got announced today, it's too early to know what a coordinated global response will actually look like. And we're already seeing the ramifications this outbreak is having when it comes to the global economy. Since China's economy is the second largest in the world, economic impacts, not just germs, are spreading. We've got more on that after the break. Looking for a fun way to pass the time while also engaging your brain? Meet Best Fiends. It's a unique and exciting puzzle game unlike other puzzle games out there. Oh, and you don't need internet to play, which makes it perfect for traveling. Play on the subway, play on the plane, play anywhere. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. With over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. 
It's Skim Money Thursday, and this week we want to talk about the impact the coronavirus outbreak is having on the global economy. So let's back up a bit. With some other big outbreaks in the past, like Ebola, Zika, and SARS, industries around the world got sick, too. For example, when another type of coronavirus, SARS, broke out in China in 2003, it cost the global economy around $40 billion. While we won't know the full economic impact of this outbreak for a while, it's already infected more people than SARS, so the economic costs could be high. Another thing that's different since SARS? China's share of the global economy is now more than three times larger, and it's connected to the global economy in a lot more ways. Stephanie Siegel is a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. She also worked at the U.S. Treasury Department until 2017. She says China does a lot more than make things. Its increasingly mobile population spreads wealth, too, but only when it's not being quarantined. There are certainly economies that depend very much on Chinese tourism, and they obviously will be hit. But then if those economies slow, you start to see why there's concern now about what the global implications could be. And there's more than tourism. The coronavirus has forced the tech giant Apple to close stores, restrict employee travel, and reroute its supply chains. That's huge because China is one of Apple's biggest markets. Another hit is being felt at the movies. China is the second largest film market in the world, and now around 70,000 movie theaters have shut their doors, which could cost the global film industry over $1 billion. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., U.S. stocks had their worst day since October this past Monday, after coronavirus infections jumped over the weekend. Brands like Nike and Estee Lauder, which rely on China for about a fifth of their annual revenue, could see a drop in earnings since people aren't exactly in the mood for shopping sprees. And U.S.-based restaurants like McDonald's and Starbucks have shut down a lot of their stores in China. So, bad news for sales of burgers and frappuccinos. Also, if you've got an investment portfolio or a retirement account, you might see some changes. But if you're in it for the long haul, stay cool and keep an eye out for how these companies react so you can always try to spend smarter. We should say that there are economists who say the markets are overreacting and point to the fact that after the SARS outbreak, markets recovered relatively quickly. Others see the coronavirus as an opportunity. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross was on Fox Business News this morning, and after expressing sympathy for the victims, he also said that viruses like this are a risk factor to businesses when it comes to their supply chains. So businesses might have to move production out of China and to other places. It's another risk factor that people need to take into account. So I think it will help to accelerate the return of jobs to North America. In fact, some industries are doing pretty well right now. Turns out, if you're in the business of selling cleaning supplies or protective face masks, health scares can be pretty good for business. It's not immediately clear what the coronavirus will mean for the American economy, but outbreaks can mean big changes to the Chinese economy. And what happens in China probably won't stay in China. For more on how big stories like this can impact your finances, head on over to theskim.com slash money. And now, a word from the Senate impeachment trial. Quid pro quo. The Latin buzzword has come up a lot lately because House Democrats argue President Trump asked for a quid pro quo with Ukraine, suggesting the country announce an investigation into Trump's political rival Joe Biden in exchange for military aid. 
quid pro quos aren't inherently bad. It depends on the context, and Democrats argue that a president quid pro quoing like this is impeachable. But yesterday, Trump's lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, made a stunning new argument on behalf of the president. It was kind of the big moment of the day. Every public official that I know believes that his election is in the public interest. And mostly you're right. Your election is in the public interest. And if a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. In other words, if the president thinks his re-election is in the public's best interest, he's gotta do what he's gotta do. Big surprise, Democrats disagree. And while some Republicans say the president had every right to call for an investigation, especially if it had to do with corruption, others are distancing themselves from this latest argument from Trump's team. Q&As continue today, and we're kind of down to the wire now. And if the Senate decides they don't want to hear from more witnesses, then senators may hold a vote to convict or acquit the president as early as tomorrow. Stay tuned. For more on all things impeachment, head on over to theskim.com news. This week, the United Nations issued an alert for East Africa and beyond, warning that parts of the area were being invaded. The alert was intense. It said that new breeding had commenced and that in some places, swarms are laying eggs and that aerial and ground operations are in progress. This menacing invading force are billions of locusts. These desert locusts, the size of your finger, have been descending on East Africa for several months in countries like Kenya, Ethiopia, and Somalia. They're some of the most destructive pests in the world, and they're having quite the year after heavy rains led to a breeding frenzy. And now, Kenya is seeing its worst locust swarm in 70 years, and countries like Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, and even India are being hit. In the most affected areas in East Africa, there are so many of these locusts that when they land, they cover everything. Some kids reportedly find these bugs kinda entertaining. But for farmers, this insect invasion is no laughing matter. That's the sound of farmers using their screens and pots and pans, anything they've got, to try and chase away the swarms. They're facing an uphill battle. A single swarm of locusts can be about the size of your average golf course and can eat enough food to feed 35,000 people in one day. Some of the countries hardest hit by these insects were already dealing with a hunger crisis. So that's food people need. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization has asked for tens of millions of dollars to pay for things like insect spray to fight back. But by the time that happens, countries like Somalia, which was already struggling with widespread hunger, could see their harvests decimated. The long-term impacts of that could be a migration crisis as people look for food. The UN warns those conditions could even lead to armed conflict. When you hear plague of locusts, you might think that's a sign of the apocalypse. And for people in the 14 countries that are dealing with this latest bug invasion, it could be deadly serious. If a plague of locusts sounds like a headline straight out of ancient Egypt, we've got the wrap on another story from the land of the pharaohs. That's the voice of an ancient Egyptian priest who died 3,000 years ago. Or at least, 
That's what we think he sounded like. Props to the guy who embalmed him, because the mummy was so well-preserved that a team of scientists at the University of London was able to do a CAT scan and recreate his vocal tract using a 3D printer. They've been able to mimic just one sound, which they published in a recent report. Uh, okay. The study involves some of the most sophisticated science of our day, but it still might be a while before we hear any mummies filling in on this podcast. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. Mm-hmm.